Would you pray with me? God of mercy, God of beauty, reveal your presence to us today as we walk through this Lenten journey with your Son, Jesus Christ. Open our hearts and minds and speak to us your eternal word that we may fully respond to your grace with a faithful and obedient lives. In his name we pray, amen. In this season of Lent, we continue our worship series, Full to the Brim, and explore God's abundant and expansive grace. The main point of this worship series is that we are undeserved, but God's grace is freely given to us. It fills us and overflows through us. I invite, and this sermon series invites us to the life of a fullness. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I'm reading from New Revised Standard Version. Listen now for the word of God. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him, Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the frankincense of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said, This not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now it's been over three years since I visited my home country, South Korea. I haven't met my grandmother and brother and his family for over three years. Thankfully, my parents visited me in June 2019 to celebrate my ordination and to attend the ordination service. But still, it's over two and a half years since I met my parents and had a meal together. I know it's very weird. The last two years haven't been idealistic for anyone, we know that, especially for those who are physically distanced from family, including myself. And it has been very challenging. Since I came to the States in 2009, I, I have tried to visit the Korea and to see my family endless once a year. It didn't happen every year, and it didn't happen the last two years. When I went back to Korea in my mid-twenties, I was not home much because my time was spent meeting up with friends and having fun with them. I don't remember exactly when, but 
I began to realize that each visit could be the last time that I saw my grandmother and parents. This is a reality for me because they are aging and I have no plans to go back to Korea and live there. Since that realization, when I go to Korea, I try to spend more time with my family than anyone else. I try to be fully present while spending time together with my family. My mindset changed when we, our mindset changed when we know this is the last time for something. Similarly, my mindset changed when I began to notice my parents and grandmother getting and growing old, older and how limited our time together on earth really. I do not need to be sad and grieve something that hasn't happened yet, but this realization of limited time with my loved ones have changed me. I decided to do my best to minimize regrets in my actions and the thoughts because my time with my family is always short. And same for you. And I'm very excited that I will be able to finally visit my family this summer. Today, the fifth Sunday of Lent, we observe a last time sin in the story of the gospel according to John. A chapter earlier, Lazarus died and was raised from the dead. In today's scripture, three siblings, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, invited Jesus and served him a dinner. This story is included in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark with considerable similarities and different details. In Matthew and Mark, a woman anointed Jesus' head, not feet. All three Gospels link this anointing story to Jesus' impending death and burial. Another anointing story is found in the Gospel of Luke, where an unnamed sinful woman anointed Jesus' feet. The Gospel of Luke is focused on Jesus' forgiveness of her sins, while the focus of the other Gospels is Jesus' death and the burial. In John's Gospel, we find detailed settings with the specific names of the woman and a disciple and the quality and amount of the perfume. Unlike Matthew and Mark, the timeline of the story in John's Gospel is prior to the Holy Week, which means Mary's anointing happened before Jesus' triumphant entry to Jerusalem. A chapter earlier, Jesus risked himself to go back to Judea, where the Jews tried to stone him, to come to Lazarus upon Mary and Martha's request. The action of raising Lazarus from the dead triggered the Pharisees and Sanhedrin to conspire against Jesus. John 12, 10 tells that chief priests planned to kill Lazarus too. Because of him, more people began to believe in Jesus. In the story, we can see various responses of different individuals to the upcoming death of Jesus. First, 
Mary poured out a jar of costly perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The perfume was perhaps prepared for Lazarus' body after his death. It costed 300 denarii, which would be nearly a laborer's year wages. Mary's act raised the questions, where did this strange act come from? Who would waste a worth of a year's wage? I'm holding on to the answers to these questions for right now. The following verse said, the house was filled with the frankincense of the perfume. The frankincense overwhelmed the house. Frankincense is unseen, but it fills any space. Indeed, that's the power of frankincense. Meditating on this question and meditating on this part, my thoughts were expanded to the following questions. What fills my heart? What fills this season of Lent? What fills our worship? Often I hear of a parent's concern about their young child's noisy behavior in worship. In fact, some parents are reluctant to worship with their children. Anytime I hear this concern from any parents, I tell them, we love babies' cries. We love children's giggles, even screams. And our worship needs the sound of children. Children cry, and they make noise. Isn't it natural that a baby cries? Isn't it natural that a child has a hard time sitting straight and silent for one hour of a worship? It is a torture to them. I know it. All of us were children at one point, and we know it, and we understand the parents' and children's difficulties in worship service. And we also know that Worship service is not fun for them. And often worship services are not child-friendly. Children's presence in worship makes the worship alive, not dead. We need all kinds of lively sounds in worship, songs of praise, prayers, and laughter, giggles, not only a pastor's preaching voice. What feels? our worship now, what fills this season of Lent. The second person that we must pay attention to in this story is Judas Iscariot. He showed a very different response to Jesus' upcoming death. When Mary broke the jar and wiped Jesus' feet with her hair, Judas Iscariot, who would betray Jesus, blamed her dedication as a reckless and wasteful action. I don't think he was the only one having that thought. I would like to have been one who couldn't understand Mary's actions. Judas Iscariot's eyes were blind because of his greed. We too have a mind like Judas Iscariot. 
We prioritize other things before God and the church for various reasons that cannot be acceptable to God. Because of his greed, Judas Iscariot couldn't see Jesus as his savior, the one who was about to give up his life for him and the world to save all humanity from the chain of sins. And what blinds our eyes? We all have a mind of Judas Iscariot. In verse 7, Jesus responded to Judas saying, leave her alone. Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. Jesus confirmed Mary's extravagant act as a response to Jesus' impending death. While the house was filled with the frankincense of love and devotion of Mary, Judas Iscariot's heart still chased worldly values and desires. Again, I want to ask this question, what fills our hearts? Is it a frankincense of love and devotion just like Mary? or worldly values and desires and our greed for them like Judas Iscariot. There is the beauty of this being the last time in the story. Dinner with the family enables us to picture Jesus' last supper with his disciples in the next days. Mary's anointing of Jesus' feet allows us to see Jesus' foot washing with his disciples in the next days. The verb wipe in Greek is the same verb that is used to describe Jesus wiping his disciples' foot washing at the farewell dinner. Mary practiced this even before Jesus showed this example to his 12 disciples and commanded them to do the same act of love to others. Mary knew how to welcome and treat her Savior, and she responded to the situation with only a few more days left to be together with Jesus. Indeed, her unspoken act and unseen witness have a strong power. We all have Judas Iscariot's mind inside of us. I believe that with God's grace, we can discard the mindset and treasure Mary's heart that gives all we have without regret. We cannot do it by ourselves, but with God's grace, we can do it. As we give our hearts, our hearts does not become empty. Rather, it is filled with God's abundant grace, and it spills over. It overflows. Eventually, God's grace is revealed through our hearts, minds, thoughts, and actions. It sounds ironic, but God's grace overfills us when we empty ourselves and leave space for God. We don't need to fill every single part of our hearts and minds with something. We can leave space 
for God so that God could work for ourselves. This overflowing experience of God's grace is already given to us. That's the good news. Now it is our response to let God work for us and let God fill us with God's grace. This is the beauty of God's grace. God starts first and we respond. Today may or may not be our last time with Jesus. What would change your mind and heart if you realized that today was our last time with Jesus. If this were our last worship together, if this were our last supper together with Jesus, what would change in your heart and mind? Let us see our Savior as if it's like our last time together, because we are not promised another day. We have the present. The mindset of this being the last time will take away all concerns, all hesitations, and reasons that hinder us to fully give ourselves to God and experience God's abundant grace. What God wants us, what God wants from us is not the best of ourselves but our whole self, just as we are. Remember, you are enough. Remember, you are beautiful. I'm not saying that you are perfect. There is no perfect human being. We already know that. God doesn't ask for our perfection. God just wants your whole self that is imperfect but beautiful, flawed but invaluable, sinned but forgiven. Therefore, let us give our whole self to God and receive God's abundant grace in this season of Lent as if this is the last time together with God and our Savior. This is the time. This is the time to fill our hearts and lives and worship with the frankincense of love and devotion, just Mary did. Let us give our whole self to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.